It's Monday. You know what that means. It's time for Cross Defense. Thanks for joining us again on another Monday, another opportunity to equip the mind, excite the imagination, and comfort the soul all with God's Word. That's what we do here on Cross Defense. We have a fierce, fierce foe. Our only defense is Christ on the cross. Thanks for tuning in today. I am Tyrell Bramwell, the host of Cross Defense, and I am broadcasting worldwide from the Welcome Center, the Winnikin Hall, right? The Welcome Center in Winnikin Hall at on the campus at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana, my new digs. And I'm still just getting set up here. All my stuff, all of my stuff is currently surrounded by wildfires in California, the other side of the country. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to that, but yeah, California is being swept with fire. I've been getting pictures from parishioners out there showing just how it's it's eerie. It's like end of the day's eerie out there in California right now. The entire day, it feels like dusk. And in, in fact, the streetlights in Ferndale, from what I'm being told, the streetlights are on all day long, and it's it's like it's eight o'clock at night, kind of getting that you know that little uh, dusk going on there. But um, anyway, yeah, all my stuff's over there. We're still getting started here, but it's great. And we're coming to you from Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And I mentioned that because we have a guest today who's going to tell you all about what I'm going to be doing um, in, re- in regards to admissions. We're going to talk to my boss, the director of admissions here at Concordia Theological Seminary. How do you... For those of you who can see, and I know this is going out over the airwaves, so not everybody can see this, but if you're if you're able to watch the video, what do you think about this, uh, this little hashtag CTSFW thing going on behind me? It's the only piece of decor I really have in my office um, as of yet, but we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. All right, so a few housekeeping notes before we bring our guest on. just wanted to uh, thank everybody who went over to the Instagram page, and my Instagram feed, and who... Um, mentioned that they wanted a copy of the new Simple Explanation of Fellowship in the Lord's Supper, the little booklet that I had the honor of pinning for Concordia Publishing House. Thanks for dropping a line saying you want one. I have your name and your address. We've, uh, You know who you are. We've been direct messaging each other. So I'll be sending out those of you who want a copy. And if you want to jump over there still, look for this picture on my Instagram. It's at Tyrell Bramwell. Look for the picture of the booklet, A Simple Explanation of fellowship in the Lord's Supper, and there's still opportunity for you to just say you want one, and I'll send you one. No strings attached. Just tell me you want one, and and I have 10 more of these to give away. So if you want one, tell me, and then I'll direct message you, get your address, and I'll send it to you. Those of you who already did that, just bear with me a week or so more, and I'll drop those in the mail, just waiting for uh, everything to settle down in my life. Okay, enough of that. Let's get on with this show, because you tuned in to Cross Defense to uh, have your minds equipped and your imaginations excited and to be comforted with God's Word. We're going to do that. We're going to talk about uh, admissions and the work here at the seminary. And we're going to get it straight from the horse's mouth, although I wouldn't refer to my boss as a horse too often. But uh, all right. So uh, Pastor Matt Wheatfield is with us. How are you, sir? I'm doing very well, Ty. Good to be with you, and uh, yeah, glad to have you on board here as in the admissions office at uh, Concordia Seminary, Fort Wayne. Oh man, I'm so glad to be here. I'm so excited to be able to to join you guys in doing this kind of work. It's really exciting. So let's let's just jump into it and tell us, tell the listener what it is that we do in the admissions department and what you do as the director of both admissions and Christ Academy. 
Yeah, so uh, in regard to what it is that we do here for admissions and for uh, Christ Academy, admissions has two real functions. Uh, first is recruitment to recruit men and women who might be interested in service in the church, men for pastoral service uh, through a couple of different programs, women for deaconess service in a couple of different programs. And uh, so we're constantly out there in the church doing things like cross defense, uh, doing things like visiting our Concordia University system schools, as well as the LCMSU uh, college oh, right. schools as well. We're going to different pastors' conferences. We'll be at the district conventions and at synod convention over the next uh, couple of summers. The national youth gathering, higher things. We're all over wow, the place, yeah. all over this country, able to uh, to see different people, to talk to them about what service in the church might look like for them. And then it's the admissions side of things, where we're actually working with a perspective pastoral students and prospective deaconess students who have already discerned and are in many ways are still discerning through a possible vocation as pastors and deaconesses. And we're helping them along the way as they work through their application, uh, as they begin to consider studying here at the seminary, and all the way until they finally get here into Fort Wayne uh, to begin their studies here at Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne. And so, it, so again, yeah, two, two functions, the recruitment aspect and the admissions aspect. One of those recruitment uh, pieces, though, is also our Christ Academy program. And uh, that is a threefold um, program that deals with uh, confirmation age students, high school students and college age students who all uh, have shown some interest in potential service in the church, uh, who might be trying to figure out exactly what they're trying to do in life, uh, who come onto our campus here at uh, the seminary and are able to experience uh, the worship life here at the seminary, our classroom life and their life together as potential students here someday. And so they're all able to come together to, to again, to worship, to study, and to have fun. Uh, and again, that's uh, through three programs. Our confirmation retreat, which is coming up here at the beginning of October. Uh, okay. Our high school program, which is going to happen uh, next summer. Uh, the Timothy School for our high school age boys and Phoebe School for the high school age girls. And then our college academy, which is coming up here later this fall. Uh, so just a wide variety of different programming options that uh, people can uh, check out if they're interested. And all that information is at our website, www.ctsfw.edu. Okay. Cordy yeah. Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, if you just want to type that into Dr. Google. <laughs> Dr. Google. Yeah, you know, my son has attended the Christ Academy uh, High School program, and be me, I, I, I wish I would have been able to do that when I was his age. Uh, I, I didn't grow up in Lutheran church, and uh, I already set my, my sights on the seminary even when I went to my undergrad. So I didn't really even attend, I don't even know if it existed, um, the Christ Academy stuff. I, I'm sure it did when I went through. It did, yeah. Yeah. Um, what's the importance of, of doing those different levels? I mean, we're really reaching into, um, you know, high school is amazing. To start thinking about ministry at the high school age that's really, really amazing that we have a program to reach into those children's lives in that stage of their life 
and to, to walk alongside them. What was the thought process behind that? Do you know like why that got started and how that got started? Yeah, so that got started um, more on, or I should start with the less, less out of a the thought towards recruitment and more out of an idea of formation. Our seminary has always uh, really pushed forward in new ways the forma- uh, formation, the formation of the Christian, the formation of pastors and deaconesses, uh, the formation of the church, as we continue to share uh, what it is that we do here and how we form servants uh, for Christ. Uh, whether that be, yeah, if you go on to do your studies here and become a pastor or deaconess, or if you decide that you want to go on and, and, and be a doctor, be a lawyer, uh, be a garbage truck driver, what have you, uh, your service is still all for the Lord and in service to your neighbor, regardless yeah. of what you do. No vocation is greater than another. We all do different things, and we may be given different tasks. Uh, nevertheless, um, here at the seminary, we form servants, regardless of what they might go off and do. I Our specialty, that. obviously, is uh, for pastors and deaconesses and other servants in the church, but uh, to be able to touch these young people uh, and to form them uh, for potential service in the church and to inform them at, that this is an actual possible thing for them to do. And yeah, uh, so the, the high school program uh, started off in uh, 1999. So we just celebrated our 21st uh, year and we were even able to do um, our Christ Academy program this year, even with COVID going on. And we we're very, very blessed that uh, we took all the precautions we possibly could. And we're very blessed to be able to, to do that. We were worried for a little while. We weren't going to be able to do that. But well, we did. Everything went well. We still had the same great program. And uh, it was a lot. Of, it was a lot of fun. So we look forward to next summer uh, celebrating our 22nd year and uh, hope uh, yeah, even our, our, our listeners today can uh, be able to join us uh, or send send your kids, send your grandkids, send uh, your confirmation uh, students, your high school students, what have you. Send them our way. We'd love to love to talk about being a pastor and being a deaconess with them. I love that. I, I, what you mentioned actually stirs another question in my mind. Maybe a, maybe it's the same question, maybe a more wider sense. You, you kind of addressed a narrow sense that you know, teenagers, high school students can come, even if they're kind of just on the fence or not even really, maybe not even serious about ministry, but they've never really thought about it. So they might be serious if they gave it some thought. And so they come and they're able to be formed and they're able to learn some things and to be in fellowship with peers who are also interested. But this, this gets to a service to the church at large. What does our admissions work? How does it, how does it serve not just the particular men and women who are considering pastoral or diaconal service, but how does it serve the church at large? You kind of touched on it in that narrow sense, but I'd love to hear you talk more about it. Absolutely. So uh, we, the way that we serve the church at large uh, simply is to bring information out to the church as to what pastors and deaconesses do uh, to inform them as to what it is that, that, that they are, what they bring 
uh, to, uh, to to the life of uh, the congregation, and, and that the pastor is there, the servant of word and sacrament, and uh, administrator of the gifts. And the deaconess uh, is the, the, the leader of the congregation's acts of mercy. And uh, I say leader because she's not the only one doing the congregation's acts of mercy, but she's the one who is really helping the congregation focus on Christ so that they can then focus on their community and share Christ's love through acts of mercy. And so uh, we're, we're, we're here to talk about vocation. We're here to talk about what vocation is and vocation uh, in the in the kind of the wider sense of it that it's not just uh, you know a particular job uh, that we do but that it's our life in Christ our life together uh, our life where we are there uh, in service to neighbor um, because Christ has called us into that place and into that space and he continues to give to us uh, we really uh, are the hands and feet of God as we serve our neighbor and uh, as we care for them in whatever it is that we're called to do. Maybe it is pastor. Maybe it is deaconess. Maybe it is uh, in some other job, uh, but are, we're, we're still given to share with them Christ's love through our acts of mercy for them through whatever job God has has given us. Martin Luther uh, uses the, the, the image uh, of the milkmaid uh, uh, in his day and uh, this idea that even as the milkmaid is milking the cow, so she still is the hands of God. Her hands are are God's hands as she serves her neighbor in doing what in doing just what seems like almost a mundane thing in milking a cow. Uh, so, but she still is acting on on God's behalf for yeah. service of the neighbor as she completes her the task that she's been given to do. I love that this idea, and this is great. I think especially for young people as they're gr still growing in learning about vocation, but but for the entire church to hear what you just said, to hear this language, and this is why. I love our seminary. This is this is why I'm so excited to be here because the idea is not um, not everyone needs to be a pastor, everyone needs to be a deaconess. It's everyone serves each other through their their called vocation, their, their vocation, their calling, and that might be pastor, that might be deaconess, but it might be a milkmaid. It might be you know it might be a stay at home mom. It might be a garbage man. It might be lawyer. I love that and and the focus what you're bringing to my ears right now is that we are here to help in these programs, in these Christ Academy programs. And in the the uh, discerning process, if you are interested and you do call and you're talking to an admissions counselor, we're here to, to help walk alongside you and figure out, is this perhaps what you're called into? Or are you called to do something else, but you're a very devout Christian, and so be that devout Christian right where God has placed you, right? I, I love that. It, it brings such a, uh, uh, well, not to sound cheesy, but it is a warming heart feeling to know that this institution, which is, by the way, celebrating 175 years, right? Uh, just started our 175th year. That's that's awesome. But this institution is is not here looking after itself. It's not like a self-serving kind of a thing. That's Being a part of the church is amazing because all of our different functions, all of our different parts, uh, they're all oriented toward you know, serving in God's kingdom in an appropriate biblical way. And that just, 
thanks boss thanks for saying that <laughs> <laughs> it's you know what i what i've found in my 5 years of of doing this work and i absolutely love doing this work because we're able to walk alongside uh, with people as they discern through. Uh, oftentimes people fall into this idea that uh, through the discernment process that if I discern out or I don't decide that I want to be a pastor or deaconess, that for some reason I have a lesser calling. Oh, That's yeah. not true at all. Oh, sure. Your calling first and foremost is as a child of God given to you through holy baptism. Yeah. Then after that, you're, you may have uh, a, a different jobs throughout the course of your life. And you may the the, the calling um, finally comes uh, when you receive that first call into a congregation, and right. you may be drawn you may be drawn into a, you know increased uh, desire to study theology, care for souls, uh, to care for pe- people, to want to serve in in one of these uh, ways. But uh, your the vocation of pastor and deaconess is is no greater than that of of yeah again father mother stay at home uh, mom um, uh, lawyer doctor what have you yeah but they're just different <clears throat> tasks so take comfort in that take comfort in the fact that hey if you, you you've discerned that this is not for you that studies at the seminary and possible um, calls into the ministry or into di- diaconal service isn't for you thanks be to God still serve your neighbor, serve alongside your pastor or deaconess and care for them as they care for others and be, be, be of an assistant, uh, be, yeah, be, be the Aaron and the Miriam to Moses and, uh, care for, yeah. care for, uh, care for them that's, as you go. That's right. Well, let's, we're already up against our first break. So let's take a break. We'll come right back. And when we do, uh, let me ask you, I want to ask for the listener's sake, I want to ask you to explain a little bit about what the deaconess does, because I think people are pretty familiar with the pastor as we, you know, we focus a lot on the pastor. But just real briefly, when when we get back, we'll uh, give a definition of deaconess because you talked about mercy work. and It's really exciting. And that helps uh, with the equipping of the mind, exciting the imagination and comforting of the soul. We're going to be right back. Don't go away. You're listening to Cross Defense. Hi, this is Pastor Apple of Sharper Iron on KFUO. On September 14th, we start the section of Proverbs filled with short pieces of wisdom for which the book is famous. An hour isn't enough time to go into each proverb in great detail, but I don't want you to miss something you really want to hear. Let me know what proverb you want to know more about by calling the listener comment line at 314-996-1542 or send an email to KFUO at KFUO.org. As the list comes together, I'll share short bonus podcasts to help you sharpen your faith in Christ. You'll find them on KFUO.org or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back. Thanks for sticking with us. I'm Tyrell Bramwell, the newest admission counselor here at CTSFW. That's Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And I am the host. It's my privilege, my pleasure to be the host of Cross Defense that you're listening to right now. And we're talking with my my new boss. It's, this is interesting. I want to just pause for a second. I haven't really called Reverend Wheatfield my boss too much because as a pastor, I'm not really used to having a formal boss. I mean, you know, pastors answer to people. There's, I mean, there's obviously some some uh, of that going on, but you don't really think about a boss. And I don't think Pastor Wheatfield, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I don't think he's going to really uh, have a heavy hand with that boss language, but he's my boss and I want to share him with you. So uh, 
You're listening to Cross Defense, and today you have the pleasure of listening to Reverend Matt Wheatfield, the Director of Admissions, explain to all of us what it is I'm going to be doing and what it is he has been doing for the last five years and that the seminary has been doing for 175 years here in Fort Wayne. So before the break, I asked him to prepare for this question. What exactly is a deaconess? He touched on it. The deaconess deals with the mercy work of the church, but I want him to go into a little more detail. Reverend Wheatfield, can you tell us about the deaconess and what she does in service to the church? Yeah, so so uh, deacons and deaconesses uh, are, are an ancient, uh, actually from the New Testament time, um, office, acts of service um, oriented. We see this in, in the book of Acts where the apostles realize that it's not good for them just to kind of continue to, and as they say, wait at tables, uh, but they should bring some other folks in to help out. Their task has been, as they've been called, uh, into it as apostles. They are sent ones. Um, they've been made from disciples, followers into apostles, sent ones. And so what are they sent to do? They're sent to take the good news of Jesus uh, that they've been uh, a part of and that they've or that they're bearing witness to uh, in their writings, but even more so in their lives and in their preaching. Uh, they are called to go out. And so it's not good for them to, to be there just waiting at tables and serving others. And so they bring some other individuals into uh, that those acts and caring for uh, those. And then we click along through the book of Acts and we see uh, first, the first the first real deacons are, are brought in uh, early in Acts. Later we see uh, through folks like Lydia um, and Phoebe and Dorcas, women who are brought into this acts of service as well. Okay. They're serving the apostles, but then they're also serving their neighbors around them. They're assisting the apostles in that work of serving uh, the neighbor, and they're supporting, uh, especially in the person of Lydia, that uh, she is supporting the apostles' work uh, as well. And so as, as the church goes on, so this uh, idea of, of service that is diaconal uh, service uh, continues on, something that's then uh, picked up and, 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 and run with, uh, even in the Lutheran church. Uh, deaconess service is, is, as I said before, really acts of mercy. Uh, that is, and that is as 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 broad of a definition as one could ever want. And it's a beautiful thing. Uh, a deaconess can do many and various things un, under that umbrella of acts of mercy. They can be, uh, they can work in a congregation. They can work in a hospital. They can work in one of the registered service organizations of our beloved uh, Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, and doing a wide variety of different things uh, under that umbrella as well. Uh, all. All of these are geared towards acts of mercy, that is, caring for uh, people in physical ways, caring for individuals in physical ways, in working for them, in sharing with them, and all done uh, through the lens of uh, sharing Christ's love and Christ's mercy, acting as Christ's hands and feet uh, for these individuals. And uh, before the break, I had said also that, uh, you know, the, the deaconess really is the leader of a congregation or an organization's acts of mercy. The, the, the acts of mercy don't stop with that one person. 
She right. is simply just the leader of that, just like a congregation's worship doesn't stop or formulate solely around the pastor. pastor. Yeah. He is only the leader of that congregation's worship, and we all participate in worship as well, giving our praise, giving our thanksgiving, and our prayers to God as the congregation. So acts of mercy work the same way. The deaconess is the leader of that, maybe the one who helps guide the congregation, thinking theologically about acts of mercy. But she isn't the only one doing the acts of mercy. So everything from your diaper drives, from your soup kitchens, from your, uh, you know, caring for people, praying with them uh, when they're going into the hospital, um, uh, helping the pastor along the way, uh, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, she functions in an auxiliary role. The pastoral office is the office by which word and sacrament and, and, and all things that are necessary for this life are given. She assists him in the wide variety of different tasks that the church is about. Do Same you... with like how a teacher uh, is, is, is tasked with maybe teaching uh a particular subject at a school, the, and she, that person functions again uh, in, in assistance to the pastor. Do you find it, in the time you've been doing this, do you, do you find that many of our churches are unaware in, the, in our synod? Are they unaware of the, the flexibility of the deaconess or that there even is a, an office of deaconess? Is, is this something that's widely known in the synod? I don't think it's been widely known for a while. Uh, I want to say within over the last 10 years, an awareness um, has been growing of, of this. Um, one of the things, though, that, I, that, that we oftentimes lose sight of, we all understand the, ne the necessity of having a pastor in a congregation and that, uh, you know, just speaking staffing-wise, the pastor is the one who usually, uh, if, if, if there's tight budgets or whatever, his position isn't going to be uh, touched. Sure. However, uh, you know, many of these auxiliary roles, so whether it be church musician or, or uh, director of Christian education, or director of Christian outreach, deaconess, all of these different things are oftentimes not thought of as possibilities for a congregation. Uh, something, though, that uh, our seminary, as well as uh, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod at large has been kind of helping congregations see is that you don't have to do this alone. You're put into a district and a circuit that could function in a way that helps individuals or brings on individuals as uh, deaconesses or any of these other roles um, for your circuit, for uh, a couple of circuits, so that the sh she's kind of moving around um, and, oh, and helping yeah. out in, 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 in uh, more, multiple yeah. congregations so that she's still assisting uh, in this acts of mercy idea. So, um, yeah, I, I think there's a growing awareness. Uh, but now in this day and age, uh, especially with, uh, you know, budgetary constraints and things like that, we have to think outside the box as to how can someone um, like this function uh, within the kind of the auspice of a congregation or even a circuit um, so that she can still share these uh, and lead acts of mercy for congregations uh, at large. Yeah, absolutely. Now, let me s use this as a segue because uh, both pastoral ministry, the, the, the deaconess and her service, um, these, are, these are church offices. These are, this is all about taking care of God's people in different ways. And on this show, we talk a lot about 
um, how we have a fierce foe. We have a, we have a very fierce enemy, and we shouldn't downplay that because the only defense we have, and here's the sort of the namesake of the show, the only defense we have against our fierce enemy is the cross of Christ. Now, how does both the pastoral office and the deaconess office, how do these play into that defense, our, our defense against our enemy, against Satan, against our own sin um, and this broken world? Uh, talk to us about, about that and, and the functionality of these offices. So uh, within with, within the offices of pastor and deaconess, uh, you have individuals who are also facing uh, the old evil foe and who, who is fierce. Uh, you, we as Christians have to realize that, uh, that the devil, the world, and our sinful nature all hate you because they hate God. And uh, they want nothing more than to... Uh, just destroy you because they know how much that that will destroy or hurt hurt uh, God and, and and because he wants all to be saved. Uh, but the offices of pastor and deaconess are there to assist the Christian. The pastoral office is there to preach God's word, to forgive sins, to speak law and gospel through the through the lens of Holy Scripture into the lives and into the hearts to convict sinners of their sins to preach that word and to continue to explain uh, that word as it is the word of law but then also to to speak and not just remind people that they are forgiven but to actually speak forgiveness to them to actually say your sins are forgiven why are your sins forgiven because Christ has died on the cross for you and your sins are fully and freely forgiven. And as a reminder of that, he continues to give to us his, 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 uh, his baptism where he makes us his children. He continues to give us uh, his word of forgiveness through confession and absolution, speaking our sins and hearing the words of your pastor, your sins are forgiven. And he continues to give to us his holy supper, the Lord's Supper, where he gives us his very body and most precious blood for the full forgiveness of all of our sins. And so that's the pastoral office. That's what it's all about. It's about preaching that word of truth into the hearts and minds of God's people, but also to preach that to the world, uh, to to speak that word of truth uh, as it has been given uh, to us as as Christ's bride, the church, and also to give the sacraments uh, and to rightly administer them. That means to give them freely to the to uh, to penitent and to to withhold them from the impenitent, and to continue to give to uh, to his people uh, the gifts of forgiveness of life and salvation. And the deaconess functions uh, right alongside the pastor to uh, to continue, as all of us Christians are called to do, to forgive the sins of those who sin against us. Uh, we, when when we speak uh, words of forgiveness, we speak on on God's behalf. The pastor is called to do that, yes, uh, on God's behalf uh, in, in for sins that are not against Him. Uh, to, for just sins in general that are confessed in confession and absolution. But as individual sinners, as we as someone sins against us and as they confess their sin to us, we forgive them. And it's the same forgiveness that, that God has given uh, to them. And it's a, it, it is a full and free forgiveness of that sin against us. But the deaconess continues to share that, that forgiveness through her acts of mercy. Not that the acts of mercy are forgiveness themselves, 
right. but it's God's grace that he continues to care for us in this body and in this life. He has forgiven us. He has forgiven all of us. And he continues to share his grace with us as we care for the neighbor so that they, these acts of mercy, might show them who Christ is uh, and that he might, that, that, that they are cared for in both body, uh, the physical, as well as their soul. Uh, Christ doesn't just uh, we are we are not amorphic uh, spiritual <laughs> solely beings. We are beings that uh, are physical and that's the beauty of us. We are spiritual and physical. And so Christ gives to us through the hands of the neighbor and the deaconess is one who helps guide the congregation uh, in into that as well. And so on, in that way, um, she cares, she helps the congregation see the ways that they can care for the community as we fight against this, this, this fierce foe uh, and say, no, he is a liar. Uh, we bring the truth. And here is care for, for your body as well as your soul. Such amazing, I hope the listener heard that, such amazing uh, truth that focuses on both parts of our being, right? Focuses on body and soul. And both of them, by giving us forgiveness, right? Everything's about forgiveness. Our defense against the enemy against our own sinful nature, our own heart that can condemns us. I, you know, scripture tells us that when our heart condemns us, God is bigger than our heart, right? He is, he is able to forgive us even when we don't forgive ourselves and we're caught up in our own sin um, and, and bigger than the world. And so we see a God. Oh, I love it. Brother, this was a sermon. You're preaching to me. I love it. Um, <laughs> he, he gives us word and sacrament uh, corporately, publicly, uh, through the, the mouth of the pastor. It's like you cannot deny it. But if you forget about it, if, if you're tempted by the enemy to forget the forgiveness you have, we also have this, uh, the, the pastor is, is bringing it to us regularly, but we also have this very physical, uh, in, our, in our business, in our down there with us in the trenches kind of work of the deaconess in the mercy, in the mercy work that brings that confessed, uh, proclaimed forgiveness that we have, brings it right into our face and says, don't forget. You're, you know, here's the defense you have. Christ loves you. He's taking care of not only your, your spirit, he's taking care of your body. He's taking care of the, the whole, the whole thing that is you. He's got you covered and he's got an economy to deal with that. Woo! <laughs> that stuff preaches. That stuff preaches. Ooh. All right. Um, oh, let's, let's segue real quick. We're going to, we're going to bump up against the next break. Um, but before we do, let's talk. The 175th academic year of Concordia Theological Seminary, big deal, right? Um, history, we have 175 years. I think I heard President Rast in the opening chapel service mention that uh, his, his work in history has revealed that we might be the second oldest continually operating um, seminary by a, a church body. Like there's been others that have kind of handed off um, things. You know, the, the, the seminary has shifted who op who operates it so they kind of get bumped out of the category but he had mentioned that and it, it kind of triggered a thought in my mind that 175 years is a long time and at the exact same time in the perspective of the church 175 years is a drop in the bucket right it's, it's really not that long um so how do we how do we see this and our work here at the seminary for the sake of the whole church, our work as a, as a synod, and then as the church at large across time and place, how do we see um, the preparation of the servant, the value of the preparation of the servant, 
in in the right perspective as we start thinking of perspectives right long term short term long it's been 175 years is a long time um, but it's also a short time how does that relate to or, or help us think about the the role a parish pastor has in the lives of that particular parish because you know oftentimes a parish pastor will be in a, in a congregation for five years 15 years 25 years maybe he's there his entire ministry which maybe pushes 30 40 years whoa i don't know maybe um but then the congregation has been around for 100 175 maybe it's been around for 200 years in this country who knows if it's on the east coast that could be um but the but then the church itself has been around for 2000 years and if you get into the Old Testament, God's people, right, the faithful have been around since, well, all of time, right? So talk to us a little bit about that, if you wouldn't mind. I know you probably have some thoughts on that. And just yeah. And then we'll bump up against the break, and we'll come back, and we'll tackle some more stuff. Sounds good. So, um, yeah, it, Concordia Theological Seminary is blessed to be able to have existed for the last 175 years. Uh, we Though we do realize, and I should—, I should talk about that first for 175 years and we've seen a wide variety of different things from civil war to oh, uh, yeah. to uh, to other you know other wars and skirmishes two world wars um uh you know a, 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 uh, the, the spanish flu the <laughs> uh, a, a pandemic then uh, you know and even into this day of you know political unrest and a global pandemic still uh, we, we've been blessed to be able to form servants who uh, continue to take Christ into the world, to preach the, to the faithful, reach the lost, and care for all. That's our that's our mission. That's what we are all about, uh, and that's that's what we continue to do. But we realize, though, that really 175 years is a drop in the bucket. Um, that we we've been blessed to be able to take on this task for that long. But the church has had this task from the dawn of time. To continue to 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 preach to those who uh, are of the faith already, uh, and to reach out to those who are lost, who do not have faith, and who are not of the faithful, and but at the same time to care for all, regardless of that whether they are faithful or of the faithful, uh, find themselves uh, to have faith or not. We are here to 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 care for them all, and uh, yeah, so kind of looking at how, how does that reflect in the life of the congregation, we realize that we've been here for only a short period of time uh, in regard to uh, the, the, the whole life of the church. So your pastor realizes that too. Your pastor realizes that, that whether that congregation is only 25 years old or is 200 years old, um, that, that he is just one person who God is working through in order to care for the souls of those individuals and to form more servants through baptism, through teaching, through receiving the sacrament, uh, uh, really our whole Christian life together. Uh, so we realize too here at Concordia Theological Seminary, we, are, we stand blessed in this place today uh, to be able to continue to form servants, knowing that uh, that we are just one of many who have been able to do that over the course of of, of, of time. And uh, as time goes on, 
you know, our institution is strong. Uh, but who knows? Uh, who knows what the future has uh, in store for any of us, let alone Lutheranism in general uh, in this uh, day of uh, political and civil unrest. Uh, so uh, we, we realize that even if uh, we were to or the LCMS or whoever it might be were not to exist, you know, in another 175 years, that there will be still the faith. Amen. Amen. Who That's will right. continue to raise up further uh, other pastors and deaconesses to care for God's people. So, uh, and same with the congregation, that once a pastor is done with his service at that particular congregation, there are others that will come, uh, others that will be called into that service to that particular place. And for the pastor, there's great comfort in that. And there should be great comfort in that for his people as well. Indeed. That even yeah. though you, we may not know who that is, or what they will what they will come with, uh, that they are still there to preach and to teach, to administer God's sacraments rightly, and to care for them uh, in whatever uh, care they may need. Amen. We're going to take a break. We're up against the break, and then when we get back, we'll talk more about this. And, I, and you touched on the, uh, the cultural kind of mess we're in, just kind of in passing. And I want to ask you specifically about that and how it relates to the church. And this is all for the sake of our listeners, because as you out there are listening to this, you need to uh, to know the truth as well, right? You need to know about your defense. That's what we're here to do. So don't go away. Find out what else is going on at KFUO.org over the break, and we'll be right back. Concord Matters is the program where we seek to be of one mind that is the mind of Christ. And to do that, Christ-confessing Concordians read through and discuss the Book of Concord, which is our Lutheran confession of faith drawn from Holy Scripture, so that you too may be of one mind and confess with Christ. Be sure to listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Central on KFUO Radio or anytime on KFUO.org or anywhere you get your podcasts. Until we convene for Concord again, keep confessing, church. You made it back. You found us. You didn't tune away. You know, the temptation has to be great for you. I, I know you're sitting there listening to uh, KFUO on the 8.50 a.m., I think it is, on the dial there in St. Louis. And you come up to a commercial break, and like many of us, you think, oh, this is the, this is the time right now to switch the dial. I'm going to hit that button and see what's happening over on my other station I like to listen to. But you didn't do it. You didn't do it. Or maybe you did, and you happened to click back just in time. So thanks, you're back. Let's get back into this. Before the break, I asked Pastor Wheatfield to talk to us a little bit about how the uh, the culture has a bearing on the church, or if the culture that we live in and the things that we're going through. I mean, COVID has been around for almost all of 2020, and not to mention some you know social unrest and these sorts of things. We're all aware of them. Uh, what does that mean for the pastor? Uh, what does that mean for the deaconess? What does that mean for the church and our defense against our enemy? Pastor Wheatfield, can you talk about that? Absolutely. So uh, no more time than now are these tasks important. Uh, they are needed more than ever. Uh, and I feel like we've been, the church continues to say that uh, throughout its millennia, uh, millennia of, of, of being in existence. We always are speaking the word of truth. 
into um, into this world. Uh, the world will continue to have its unrest. Will, there will continue to be d- disease and pestilence and famine, but the church remains faithful and true and needs servants, uh, pastors and deaconesses, to remain faithful and true to their calling as well, to continue to give the word of God through uh, preaching uh, it rightly in law and gospel, and to administer Christ's sacraments rightly also, and then to act on behalf of the neighbor through acts of mercy. So now in this day and age, uh, as, as we continue to uh, move forward uh, in, in, in strange and unsettling times, no more time than now is, is it necessary for the church to be the church and for pastors to be pastors and deaconesses to be deaconesses. And that's what we are uh, we're, we're inviting uh, and, and, and really um, you know helping men and women uh, figure out what they are what, 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 whether they are called into this ministry or not. Uh, that is that whether they are, uh, as they discern through potential service in the church, potential study here at Concordia Theological Seminary, whether that is, uh, you know, we, we're beckoning to people, consider this. Um, every Christian should consider uh, at some time in their life service in the church. They should discern service in the church. Um, yeah. And as you go along through your life, consider service in the church. Um and, but also know that regardless of whether you are a full-time church worker or a layperson, that your service is still necessary, whether that's as a pastor, deaconess, or other church vocation, or as an elder or Sunday school teacher, a member of the choir, what have you. Uh, your service is being rendered not to your church, but to Christ and, to, and in, uh, for him and in benefit to the neighbor. And so now more than ever, uh, again, I'll say it, yeah. uh, church vocations uh, are, are needed for this world because we're coming to bring Christ. That's what it's all about. It's, uh, it's not about being flashy. It's not about anything exciting for you or me. It's right. solely, 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 solely about bringing Christ into this world. Because the only cure for the mess of sin, and that's what that's what all of this is. It's just the, it's the mess of sin wreaking its ugly face upon us. The only cure for the mess of sin is Christ, His death on the cross, and His forgiveness given freely for you. Amen. That's right. You know the sky starts to fall. You don't panic. You don't throw up your hands and scream and run around like a chicken with its head cut off. Right. Uh, the Christian gets to work. The Christian does what the Christian's supposed to do. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. The Christian buckles down, um, puts on the armor of God, and runs into battle as opposed to uh, fleeing or even just sitting there and wondering what he or she is to do. The Christian uh, runs into the, into the fray. Uh, just like a, just like the, the, the firefighter, first responder, military yeah. person would do, running into the fray and uh, and being there, uh, not to give what the world wants to give, not to give statements or you know fear or anything like that, but to give what Christ gives, to give forgiveness and speak the word of truth into the mess of this world. Yeah, that's right. I love that picture. It, it is a bold thing. It is a courageous thing to be a Christian. And to live out your faith when you see the, the hurt and the need. And right now, as you 
well said. You know, we're, we're seeing now is the time. If ever there was a time, and and you can always say, I mean, that's the beauty of 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 our faith is we can look back, and especially looking back, you can see that every generation could say that. But but what's important is right now we can't deny it, right? Like right now, it's true for us. It is a truth. Never is there a better time than right now. If you're worried about COVID, if you're worried about the the civil unrest in this world, and you're seeing that, that means people are hurting. That means people need to hear Christ crucified for the forgiveness of their sins and for the forgiveness of their neighbor's sins. That means they need the healing power of the gospel in their lives. And well, maybe you could talk about this, Pastor. How is that? And we've been talking about that, but this, but just nail it down for us. How is it that people actually hear? Like in no uncertain term, how do they hear the gospel of Christ crucified for their sins? They hear it through the preaching Boom. of the gospel. Amen. They there it is. <laughs> through the preaching. Yeah. And the great thing is Christ gives us that gospel in both word and in sacrament. The, the baptism, all gospel. Confession, absolution, all gospel. Yeah. He continues to forgive your sins. Uh, the, the, the sacrament, uh, the, the Lord's Supper, all gospel for you. And as we care for each other, um, as, as we care for the neighbor, um, giving, our, giving our neighbor what he needs in this life, that's all gospel for the neighbor. That's exactly what, what we're called to do. It's the preaching of the gospel. That's it's what we're here to do. And we do that uh, all together. The, whether, whether you're a pastor, whether you're a lay person, what have you, uh, you preach the gospel in your life. The pastor, yes, he preaches that uh, publicly on behalf of Christ for the congregation. But as you live out your life, you are preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and what you do. You are a little Christ to yeah. your neighbor. Yeah. And uh, you continue to care for for them and share the gospel with them. You know, I don't know. Um, it's I, I don't think it's just me, but... The pastoral office in particular, and this is true for all Christians, and, and this is, you know, as Paul talks about, you know, imitating the apostles as they imitate Jesus, you know, uh, the Christian can do that too with the pastor. Look at your pastor and what he's doing, and as he's forgiving sins in the service, in the divine service, as he pronounces that absolution, you too turn around and throughout the week, you forgive the sins of those who are sinning against you, right? So you're, you're modeling after that. Um, but as I, I don't know if many guys are thinking this way, and I would encourage anyone who's listening to this and, and maybe now starting to wonder what, you know, what it would being a pastor be like? Would, am I, do I have the skills for that? Is that something I'd, I'd want to do? And you're starting to wrestle with these questions. I think it's a healthy thing, a good thing to paint that in the picture of a firefighter, a first responder, uh, a police officer, uh, a soldier, because it is a, a similar work. It doesn't have that same sort of worldly, uh, I don't know if romance or glory is the right language, but you know we honor those type of of jobs because of the danger involved and the and the work and the grit. It takes a certain kind of uh, endurance and and fight a little bit, you know, to get those jobs done. And and for for the man who's considering the pastoral ministry, I, I, you could paint that in the same picture. It's a spiritual warfare. The church has always been using this language, right? Church militant. It is a warfare. And to be a pastor is to uh, to look at the world and the problems of sin that are uh, plaguing us, <laughs> pun intended, and and to say, I'm not going to run from it. I'm going to run into it. And I'm going to do it with God as the guy getting me through. Not me, 
I mean, if it was just me, I, I, I'd be on the beach and, and I'd, I'd be you know, shot down right away. I'd be done. Any, any progress I make storming that beach of sin and the devil is going to be God getting it done through me. But I don't know. What do you think about that? Painting that picture in that way. Is that a good, healthy thing? I think it's absolutely good and healthy. I think it's, uh, I think it's necessary uh, that we realize in this day and age especially that uh, we have to see this as a full-on fight. Yes, uh, every, every generation can say that they, they've been fighting that fight as well. But I think over the course of the next 10, 15, 20 years, we're going to see an oppression, on, especially of the church, yeah. that we've never seen before. That's right. Uh, or that we haven't seen, I should say, in, a, in quite a while. That we haven't seen. Uh, our generation. That we, yeah, that, we yeah, haven't our seen. generation yeah. hasn't seen, or that even our parents' generation right. have, hasn't seen uh, in, in, in quite a while. But we are living really in 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 the time in a repeat of the time of the apostles, right. where truth is truth itself is being questioned. And uh, what is uh, truth? What what do we what do we have to bring? We have Christ, the Word of Truth, to bring into the mix, to bring into the fray. Who really is working through us and and like you said so beautifully if it was left up to us and up to our own devices yeah, we would be we would be shot dead there on the beach yeah. uh trying to storm but it's christ who carries us and his holy spirit who comforts us and continues to allow for us to work in this world and to share his light his love and his forgiveness with a world that ultimately hates and wants to destroy us but we're called into this task and uh, yeah, it's it's just a beautiful thing to be able to do it, uh, especially as a you know a professional church worker. Uh, and uh, I would invite our, our our listeners, please pray through that. Consider service. Uh, come to come to the uh, the seminary here in Fort Wayne and check out what we do. And uh, please, uh, yeah. we'd love that. We'd love to have you spend some time with us and talk about that. What if someone knows they don't? You know, they in their stage of life or something, they know I no, I'm not going to be a pastor. I know I'm never going to be a deaconess. But they want to be a part of this in a, in a very active, uh, you know, overt way. Is there a way they can support and be of, of help and assistance to, the, to the, the mission here at the seminary? Absolutely. So first and foremost, uh, um, can, uh, consider those in your, in your life uh, who might uh, have the gifts to be able to be a good pastor, good deaconess, and encourage them. Uh, and as you're encouraging them, also encourage your pastor. Uh, mm. If your church is blessed to be able to have a deaconess too, or another church worker, encourage them and support them there in your local congregation. Uh, you can also uh, reach out to uh, our institution uh, for uh, financial support of our students. It's all it's all about our students, uh, and and as they go off into service uh, in in the church, uh, that they don't aren't aren't encumbered uh, by any sort of financial burdens, but that they can go off and do service fully uh, with a free mind focused on the task that it is, is at hand. So uh, if, if if service in the church isn't for you support your pastors, encourage those who uh, are around you who might be able to go off and serve, whether it's a, your, your child, a niece, a nephew, grandchild, or just someone in your congregation who you know uh, and you've seen and you, you, you've, had, you've talked with that might be uh, you know, qualified and uh, potentially good at this task. Encourage them. 
and uh, in- consider uh, supporting this institution as well. We're out of time, brother. We're out of time. I want to keep this conversation Until going. Time, Until next time. And uh, my plan is to, to, now that I'm on campus, to have a lot more conversations with you and with uh, faculty and staff from around the campus and to really bless the church with this cross-defense program and uh, to have the seminary blessed by the cross-defense program. So it's, a, it's a give and take, two-way street. All right. Well, I'm going to say goodbye. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. And I'll see you uh, in the halls. That sounds good. Good chatting with you. Thanks, Pastor. Uh, Boss. (laughs) See you later. (laughs) If you are listening to Cross Defense, I thank you. You can listen on the the AM dial, 850 AM in the St. Louis area. You can also listen anytime you want to on your favorite podcast uh, provider. Or you can go at 2 p.m. Central to KFUO.org and listen as it's being broadcast at that moment worldwide, anywhere you want. You can find me, I'm Tyrell Bramwell on social media. Just use my handle, it's at Tyrell Bramwell. I'm on all the major ones. You can also email me, just go to my website, tyrellbramwell.com and use the contact form and drop me a a note. Some of that brain buzzing Bible brilliance that's bouncing around in your your brain bucket. There's a lot of bees there. Until next time, guys, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next Monday. See you later. Cross Defense is a production of KFUO Radio. Find past episodes and support Cross Defense at KFUO.org.